the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Business owner and corner office CEO. We are the Biz 1440. KYCR Golden Valley, Minneapolis, St. Paul. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. The White House says a high-altitude object was shot down over Alaska this week. Pentagon spokesman Brigadier General Patrick Ryder. On February 9, North American Aerospace Defense Command detected an object on ground radar and further investigated and identified the object using fighter aircraft. The object was flying at an altitude of 40,000 feet and posed a reasonable threat to the safety of civilian flight. And therefore, the Pentagon says out of an abundance of caution and at the recommendation of the Pentagon, President Biden ordered the military to down that object. Republican Congressman Mike Gallagher says many in the administration and Congress aren't taking the threat of that Chinese spy balloon seriously enough. There seem to be a lot of people downplaying the actual value of this intelligence collection. Congressman Gallagher heads up the new House Select Committee on China. This is SRN New. Quit smoking, chew, and vaping with this half-price offer from the Biz 1440 and breathe freedom from nicotine. Get one program for just $250. That's half price for the faster, easier, and more effective way to quit smoking. There's a limited number of these half-off deals available. It's just $250 for one person, meaning you could save thousands this year. Call the Biz 1440 today at 651-405-8800. That's 651-405-8800. You're smart, you're busy, and don't have time to waste on the mainstream media cycle. Salem News Channel breaks that cycle. Topics that matter from hosts worth watching. Dinesh D'Souza, Andrew Wilkow, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. Salem News Channel, not like the other guys. Watch anytime on any screen, free, 24-7. Find everything you need to know at snc.tv. That's snc.tv. What's your favorite high school sports memory? A late inning rally? A game-winning shot? A photo finish? Maybe it's a pep rally or a pregame ritual. Maybe it's the euphoria of a late-night bus ride home after a hard-fought win. Maybe it's having pizza with teammates after the game. Now, imagine if it never happened at all. School sports need your help. With budgets getting tighter, it's more than the games that are on the line. It's all the traditions, the community pride, the culture of your hometown high school, plus all those memories that are on the line, too. What can you do? It's simple. Buy a ticket when you can. Go to a game. Take the whole family. Let's do everything we can to keep those cherished school sports memories alive. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. Portions of this program may have been pre-recorded. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. No! Come on, rise and shine. It's a beautiful day, isn't it? It's going to be a great year. Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. 
The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. Is it safe? It's the King Banyan Show. This is a man. Your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. The mind is a globe whirling transient nodes of thought. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. Now, here's Professor King Banyan. Good morning. Welcome to King Banyan Show. The Biz 1440. A uh, little bit warmer today. Thank goodness. I still have the hoodie on. Uh, getting ready for Super Bowl weekend. Um, maybe we'll tell you a pick at the end. Um, kind of kind of hard it's fun it's going to be a fun game and um, lots of activity are you the kind of person that uh, spends more time watching the commercials than the game itself um or are you the kind of person who figures you know what i'm going out to dinner because the restaurants will be empty um or even go to a movie um i hate to say this on the schedule for tonight my wife, who loves any movies that have uh, folks like um, the octogenarian Jane Fonda, wants to go see 80 for Brady. Pray for me, listeners. Pray for me. Um, 651-289-4477 with your questions and comments here. Um, this is a funny week, okay, insofar as... Normally at the beginning of the show, and if you're new to here, welcome. We are so happy you could join us. Um, normally when I do this show I, in the first few weeks, I have lots of economic data to go through, and I take you through it uh, and and give you sort of our take on what's happening there. There isn't a whole lot there. We had, of course, a week ago Friday – the blowout employment numbers that kind of got that just took everybody by surprise a number over 500,000 net new jobs added way above what anybody thought and and a lot of people took the weekend to digest it and they came back and they started to talk about well maybe there isn't a recession coming okay my mind is never changed by a single data point. Okay? My mind is never changed by a single data point. I da you right? It will increase the uncertainty around the, the forecast, but a single data point is not going to change the forecast. And as, I've, as I mentioned to you last week on the show, January employment data tend to be super noisy because of seasonal adjustments, re-benchmarking, trying to square up a monthly survey with a quarterly survey with annual data that's just at that point arriving. Um, and I don't like I don't like to react too strongly to any single data point. I really don't like to react too strongly to January data. So that said, I think there were a lot of people out talking this, talking that. Um, we, I got a couple. I got a couple of clips today from uh, from Jay Powell and uh, and Chris Waller, uh, the chair and one of the governors of the Fed, 
that were out there, but they were all over the place. Uh, uh, John Williams, I'll I'll actually have to pull up some of his uh, some the transcript of his speech for you because he had a couple comments that I thought were were quite interesting as well, uh, and and so forth. Uh, Waller, in fact, has been all over the place. I have not I have not yet heard or seen any reaction to um, to uh, speech the last speech of the week, which was uh, Pat Harker from Philadelphia. But there's just all kinds of talking going on in a week in which there really wasn't a whole lot of additional data about what was going on, and most people were still reacting to the week-ago Friday numbers. So let me take you through (coughs) briefly what data there are. And then I already know what I'm calling today's the first hour of this on the podcast. Remember, if you missed a show, if you missed last week's show, hey, no problem. You're just going to go find the podcast of last week, and I'm going to recommend that first hour to you because I thought it was, I thought it was really important. The second hour was the Jay Powell press conference. We're not going to talk too much about that this week. We're only going to talk a little bit. I got a little. I got one one Powell clip that refers to what happened last week. But that first hour, here's how you get it. Go to TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. You're going to look there and click on the podcast link, and you're going to go find the King Banyan Show. you got to be a member of our VIP club to get access to the archives. Grab it. Bring it in and just give it, give it a listen. It's well worth I really do think those monthly Job Saturday reports are worth your time. I can tell you this much. I spend a lot of time digging through approximately 22 tables that exist in the in uh, the Bureau of Labor Statistics release, um, and uh, I, I, we've been doing this for years. I think I think it's good stuff. So please go ahead and listen to that. So, what data were there this week? Okay, so mostly minor stuff. Uh, the Red Book numbers at four point three, which are a reflection of what's going on in retail sales. It's kind of a a shorthand retail number that was announced on Tuesday. Uh, consumer credit change. I thought this was interesting insofar as consumer credit rose again in the month of December, but by only by less than half the rate at which it had risen in November, and it was less than half of what was expected for December. So maybe consumer credit, maybe people are extending themselves a little bit less. Maybe there's a little bit pulling in. On consumption, but again, that's a backward-looking number. That's a quarter four number, and we already know we've got the quarter four number out there this week, and we do believe that we'll see a new quarter four number uh, here in the upcoming. I believe we see a new one on the twenty-third, so whenever that day is, but you know, about a week and a half from now. Um, go going forward. Thing to pay attention to, 10-year note auction was uh, on Wednesday, came in at 3.61% versus the 3.58% the previous week. So interest rates stayed, maybe rose just a little bit, not too much. You can still buy a short-term treasury security that's yielding you more than 4.5%. Still in this market. The eight-week bill auction on Thursday, for example, clicked in at 46 a thirty-year a thirty-year bond will pay you currently three point six eight percent, based on the auction that happened on Thursday. I think the big data of the week. Just want to touch on it for a moment. 
is the consumer sentiment numbers. Uh, Michigan consumer sentiment came in at 664 uh, versus 64.9 last month and the consensus at 65. So a pretty significant increase. Five-year inflation expectations still at 2.9% versus a 2.8 forecast. Um, the, consu- the, the consumer expectations going forward were weaker, though. Current conditions were stronger. And the one-year-ahead inflation number expectation at 4.2% probably gives the Fed some, some cause for concern. I think those are the data that, are, that should be causing us um, some, some uh, little bit of concern. But I, what I want to do is, is talk a little bit about uh, what we're seeing in these data. And I'm going to just play one of the clips I have right now for you. This is Ian Shepardson, uh, who, was on, uh, who was on Bloomberg uh, from High Frequency Economics. Uh, this is cut number two. So the NBER defines recession in in much more broad terms. It's all about falling output, falling incomes, falling employment. I don't think we're going to get that. The market shorthand for recession, of course, is two quarters of falling uh, GDP. And I think there's a very good chance that we get that. But but my guess is that the U.S. is is quite well placed to skirt a formal NBER recession. I do think that the state of the private sector's finances offer quite a big cushion against what the Fed is doing. So the Fed is hammering away with rates. But the private sector's debt service costs are still very... Very low. Their balance sheets are pretty strong. Savings buildup is still there for some people, anyway. And so there's quite a lot of protection against what the Fed's doing. And this is beginning to permeate around places. And I'm going to talk in I'm going to talk in the next segment about about how to think about business cycles more generally. And I'm going to give you my bona fides up front. Uh, when I was hired to St. Cloud State back in 1984. That's how long I've been here. In 1984, I was hired. One of the courses I was hired to teach was a course called Business Cycles and Economic Forecasting. Um, It's what I've done for going on 40 years now. Um, we We don't use the word business cycles in the title of the course anymore. But you might wonder, why was it ever there? Well, there's a good reason why, because we used to spend a lot of time teaching about business cycle theory. Most of the macroeconomic profession has steered away from that. Okay, in, in academia, we've tried to steer, they've tried to steer us away from studying business cycles. But when people are asking me as an economist questions about what's going on, they're asking me questions just like uh, uh, Mr. Shepherdson was answering on that particular clip. Um, it is it is the case that people want to know where's turning points and how do these things happen. Um, I'm going to give you a lot of those things. Uh, let's take the break right here. We're coming back. I'm going to read you a piece that was in Bloomberg just just uh, this morning that sort of really emphasizes these differences in how to think about a business cycle. And I and I just want to do this because I want you to come to think about two parts to a business cycle. And I'm going to use a very old example that I think I've used on air before. Think of business cycles like a rocking chair. Are you in one now? I hope you are. Enjoy enjoy your morning with us here on the Biz 1440, the King Banyan Show.
soaking up the sun in Fiji, walking through the sculpture garden in Minneapolis, or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon. We're where you are. Listen to the Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. You can get a comprehensive estate plan for half the regular price through this special limited time offer. We're partnering with a local law firm that specializes in estate plans. If you don't have an estate plan, it could be up to the court to decide who gets your assets. This can be costly to your loved ones. You've heard the stories where even strong families have been torn apart in the process. Our attorney partner is offering a full package of estate planning services for just $1,500, regularly $3,000. It includes wills, power of attorney, health care directives, guardian, and conservator documents. Call the station and we'll put you in touch with our attorney for a no-obligation conversation to make sure this is the right fit for you and your family. There are only a few of these half-price estate plan offers available. Get your house in order today with a comprehensive estate plan for half the regular price. Call the station at 651-405-8800. 651-405-8800. Dennis Prager here. Sue and I mean it. Dogs are part of our family. We love Otto and Snoopy so much, there's nothing quite like their loyal companionship. So we provide them with rough greens. In fact, I just talked to my wife about it because we want them to be healthy and we want them to be with us as long as possible. That's true. I know Sebastian Gorka feels the same way. The Pragers and I couldn't agree more. Our pups, Kelly and Alea, rely on us to provide what's best for them. And naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black has packed rough greens full of vitamins, minerals, digestive enzymes, omega oils, and more that supplement their food in a way that has shown us great results. Trying out rough greens is an easy yes, recommended by me, Dr. G. Naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black here, and I'm so proud that the Pragers and Sebastian Gorka have entrusted their dog's health to Rough Greens. I'm so confident that Rough Greens can help your dog. I'm offering you a free Jumpstart trial bag. Just cover the shipping. Yes, your dog's food is dead food, but you can bring it back to life with Rough Greens. Go to ruffgreens.com. There are those who dedicate themselves to a sense of honor, to a life of courage, and a commitment to something greater than themselves. They have always defended this nation and each other. They still do. The few, the proud, the Marines. Isn't it time you trade your old salt hog for a new wet technology water softener from Commerce? Commerce will give you $400 for your old softener and haul it away, too. Save salt, save water, and your back. Go to Commerce.com. Commerce Water. That's Commerce.com. I think this song got me a compliment on Twitter from one of our listeners. So, so good choice. Uh, thank you for listening to King Banyan Show, the Biz 1440. I, one of the things that I've enjoyed about this show and one of the reasons why I continue to do it, um, we've been doing something with uh, our friends at Salem, either on our sister station, AM12A, The Patriot, or here, for going on now 19 years. Um, I've really, I've, and I've really treasured this relationship with, with Salem. Um, um, the, um, 
the um, comment I was going to make, though, um, the comment I was going to make, though, was was that the thing that I, I, I got hired to do here when I first came to SESU uh, was to teach money and banking, macroeconomic theory, and a course called Business Cycles and Forecasting. And I will tell you, the fact that they had this course on their on their um, not on their in their program was an attraction for me to come here. My dissertation was on business cycles, and I was very you know. And I looked around and and concluded that it was a small minority of programs, even in the early '80s, that had this course. I was the last person in the department. Everyone else said, well, no one calls it business cycles anymore. We need to just change the name of the course. And I was like, no, because that's not what I do. I still teach this stuff. And I would get looks from the from the, the youngins. I'm sorry, I call them that. The I get looks from the youngins that would were like, yeah, but that's really old-fashioned, King. It's like, well, I don't care because it's right. It's what we have to do. I think it's important that we have people understand these. And so I'm going to give you a little bit of my classroom this morning. Because it's a light data week and I don't have any guests, okay, and because this this radio program is in part a substitute for the fact that I don't currently get to teach courses here at the university because I'm working in administration. And that, to be honest with you, is a full-time job, Okay. Teaching courses is not something you can just show up, yap for an hour, and walk walk back to your coffee cup and read the newspaper the rest of the day. It takes a lot of time to prepare for these courses. Um, so, um, the um, so I wanted to, I, and I'll get to that. I'll, I'll tell John to stay on the line. I want I want to get to this point first, and I, but I'll, I'll get to him after the next break. Um, Here's what I would say uh, to, to say to get you started on that. I tease this with the idea of a rocking chair. I would actually bring, um, I would bring. You remember those little balls that you would have? Did you remember these? You'd see them in in offices where you could pull one, and there'd be five balls hanging, and you'd pull one back or two back, and you would release them and gravity would take them they'd strike and then one or two however many balls you pushed on one side would continue on the other side and so forth okay i don't understand the physics of it i was fascinated with those things as a kid and so i owned one for a long time i don't anymore i some somewhere in one of my moves of offices it got lost i have no idea whatever um and anyway the uh, the the point I would make with this is this piece by a guy named Ragnar Frisch. Um, I think I'm pronouncing that right. F-R-I-S-C-H. Frisch. Uh, Ragnar Frisch would, would, would teach this idea of what he would call an impulse mechanism and a propagation mechanism. And... For me, this is the way I'm thinking about how to analyze any recession. I want to understand both what's the impulse 
that starts it because a fundamental part of studying an economy is that you believe that economies generally are stable because that's what we observe in the world. Most economies are stable. They take some external or in the language of economics, exogenous force to push them away from an equilibrium. When I describe equilibrium, I'm describing something that I call a, a, a place of rest. You are, once you've reached equilibrium, it's like, ah, everything's fine. All my plans are being fulfilled. I show up in the morning, I, I bring my money, and I bring my goods, and I expect to trade them for these other things. And when I get home at the end of the day, I find I, I'm coming home with the things I expected in the morning. That's equilibrium. And, we, and, and for most economists, not all, okay, but for most economists, that equilibrium, that equilibrium is stable. Now there are economists that will, will there are economists on the left who will say, yeah, it's stable, but it's a stinky equilibrium, and we need to move you to a different equilibrium, and they want to use policy to move you to that to a different what they see is a better equilibrium. Okay, my conservatism in part comes out of the Hippocratic oath: first do no harm. I cannot predict when I try to monkey around in a in a, a market system. What what's going to happen as a result? Okay, there are unforeseen consequences that we do not know. Second order, third order effects that could be very large. Therefore, so let's turn to with that in mind. Okay, that impulse is the thing that pushes you away from the equilibrium. And then the propagation is what happens in our economy that causes us to see these swings that seem to happen what causes those balls on that th- thing or what causes the what causes the rocking chair or your or your or the little rocking rocking horse that your child or grandchild is on to keep moving after they do the first ooh, to push it forward right you don't have to constantly pull, push the swing that your child is in back and forth. You give it an oomph, and it just goes back and forth, back and forth, right? And that's there are laws of physics that describe that propagation, okay? How you take the energy of the impulse, that push you give that kid, how it, how it carries through to cause the swing to keep going back and forth, back and forth back and forth. That's what we mean by a propagation mechanism. In an economy, if you give something a shock, an impulse of some kind, you're going to see it propagate throughout the system, ripples extending from the point where you drop the rock in the pond. Those are the propagation mechanisms. That's what I'm trying to describe. Macroeconomists have tried to describe for more than a century what causes propagation in a system once you get an impulse. So let me take the COVID recession to start, right? We call it the COVID recession because the word usually describes what we think is the impulse. The the appearance of a deadly virus 
was the impulse that caused a, a lot of other things to happen. But what's different this time is it's not just the virus. You might remember if you go back to the to the if you go back in time and listen to all of our our podcasts from the early twenty from early twenty twenty from mid March through to to July when I was having a podcast from the house because I had I couldn't re- I wasn't supposed to use my office. You might have used it once or twice anyway, but anyway, um, the we had w- not one impulse, the virus, but we had two impulses, and you could think of it as a, as a, as a propagation, but there was nothing necessary about it, and the propagation was 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 how different the response of government was in 2020 to its response to to the uh, Spanish flu in 1919, which was the only thing we could look back at and say, well, what happened then? There was a business cycle in 1919, 1920, 1921. Some people want to ascribe that to to demobilization after World War I, but there are economists, and I am one of them, who would say, no, that was probably caused in no small part by the weird little things that happen in various economies as a result of the of the Spanish flu. Because even if there was no government response, and government response were much more local and much more short-term and maybe a little less intrusive, well, certainly a little less intrusive than the ones we had in 2020 in terms of the restriction on movement. But there was a business cycle. People stopped going out. There was there was there was a lot of stuff happening at that time. And I believe that that had was part of that business cycle behavior then. So stick with those two words. I'm going to actually title the podcast this impulse and propagation. We spent some time talking about the impulse and I believe the 2020 recession had two impulses. And then it propagates through the system in a way that we've described a lot, but we'll summarize after the break. But the other thing we're going to do is then say, in the propagation of the two impulses of COVID and the response to COVID from government, did we sow the seeds for some different kinds of propagation into the system that we're still feeling today? I think almost certainly yes. I think you would agree with me of that, too. But we'll talk about those right after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. I feel so tense and worried all the time. Is this anxiety? Mental Health Minnesota is here to help seven days a week with resources, peer support, online screenings, connections to treatment and crisis services. It's anonymous, confidential, and free of charge. Whether you're living with a mental health condition, are concerned about someone you love, or could use some support, Mental Health Minnesota is here for you. MentalHealthMN.org. Sponsored by Mental Health Minnesota, the Minnesota Broadcasters Association, and this station. 
Dr. Gorka here, and I want to talk to you for a minute about 100% drug-free Relief Factor. I've been taking Relief Factor for years now to help me deal with pain in my body. My wife takes it as well. The reason we tell everyone uh, we know about it is simple. We found it really works to help our bodies fight off the inflammation that causes aches and pains. Whether it's the pain of injuries you've sustained or just the natural pains from the mileage over the years, Relief Factor can help. I've never looked back. Almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it works for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF. Feel the difference. I remember when we found out we were expecting you and we were so surprised. You were? Yep, but then we heard your heartbeat and knew you were going to change our lives. What happened after that? Well, you grew and grew in my tummy. You started kicking, sucking your thumb, and even making a fist. No wonder I was a surprise. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives or assistance or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773 or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Your children and grandchildren are inheriting a world that's more upside down than ever before. They'll need extraordinary skills to make a positive impact. A Christian education will give them the solid foundation they need to not only endure, but thrive. And that education is available for half off their first year through TwinCitiesTuitions.com. To see our full list of participating schools and to see if the half-off tuitions program is a good fit for your family, go to TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Welcome back, King Banyan Show. I'm just commenting with Spencer uh, over our, our over our chat. Um, these are the songs that I used to sit in my mom's car and listen to without the because you remember there was a time when. The car radio was the way you heard most of your music. That was me. <laughs> and anyway, I, it, it, yeah, uh, Argent, uh, Hold Your Head Up was one of those songs that was a little on the long side. And your mom would come out and say, you're going to kill the battery in my car. It's like, but mom, it's Argent. <laughs> come on. Uh, 651-289-4477, the number to call with questions and comments where we find John on line one. Hey, John, good morning. Thank you for waiting. Oh, you're welcome. Good morning. Um, yeah, I wanted to ask you about two things. First, on Tuesday morning, I think it was, on Bloomberg, they were discussing Neil Kaskarian. Is that his name? Kashkari is his name. Yeah. Kashkari. Kashkari. Yeah, they had a lengthy discussion about him, very similar to yours from last Saturday. Mm-hmm. But, but, but the thing I wanted to ask you about was, 
it's kind of a geopolitical matter, but this week there's been this, a lot of discussion with regard to China and that China's not happy with actions of the United States. Can you comment at all on how much of our debt or our bonds China actually owns? And what would happen if China just said, okay, to the United States, we're not going to purchase any more of your financial obligations, or they wanted to start selling them. Would that have any impact on the capital markets in this country? Well, sure. I mean, there's a number of things. There's the um, There was a really bad movie back in the early 80s with, I want to say it was Chris Christopherson, and was it, who was the female lead on that? It's called Rollover. I want to say, maybe Spencer can look it up. It was 81 or 82 I think and and John it was a bad movie but it was basically the Saudis doing exactly what you're talking about they got mad at us about something and just decided that they were not that they were not going to buy our bonds right um I can't remember who the female lead is Spencer that's that's the curious part in the year the year it was made it was Jane Fonda okay thank you sir um it was yeah, it was, and it was 81. Boy, I have a good memory. I remember taking my first wife to it, and the fact that I referred to her as my first wife will tell you how that will tell you that uh, uh, that that ended uh, that ended uh, poorly. Uh, uh, and uh, maybe I should blame Rollover for part of the divorce. Uh, it was not a uh, <laughs> it was a terrible movie. Uh, I made her sit through it. I remember sitting there and thinking to myself how terrible it is. So, John, here's 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 why the movie was bad. And this is why, and this goes straight to the China question. Suppose China sells off our bonds. What are they buying instead? Is he still on? I want. I, I just want him to. Th- I want. I want him to think with me about this. Yeah. What are they going to buy if they don't buy U.S. Treasuries? Oh, would they buy the German mark or something like that? Well, they could buy. They could buy European. They could buy uh, euro bonds or bunds, right? The German. The the German government bond. But the problem is the size of the U.S. Treasury market is huge relative to all of the others. The Europe, I, I don't have the numbers in my head, John. Um, uh, I can look them up. I can look them up, perhaps. But the maybe I'll put them on Twitter or something. Uh, but the size of the European mar- bond market, or the Japanese bond market, or the Russian bond market, or the Indian bond market, all them together is smaller than the U.S. Treasury market. Mm-hmm. So for them to bail out on U.S. Treasury, so they're the second largest holder after Japan, for them to stop buying any, would do, it, it would do something really bad for them, which is what? It would be if they try to sell them off, they're going to drive down the price, but they have so many of those bonds in their portfolios that the Chinese selling those bonds would crater the value of their portfolios and if they tried to buy the bonds of the other places there's not enough supply that if they tried to buy them up they would drive the price through the roof and they'd end up with with worse returns than they get on u.s treasuries yes Mm -hmm. so i think john it's the i i hear it and i know that that i mean the the bigger issue john and I, i and i'll let you go after this but john the bigger issue here is is that the U.S. continues to produce tons and tons of debt, right? 
Federal debt's at $31 trillion. Private sector debt is another $55, trillion. We produce tons of debt. And, and the, the same thing had happened in Japan in the 70s and 80s. They were growing like gangbusters, but doing it through a lot of leverage and a lot of government borrowing. We know what happened in Japan. Their growth rates collapsed. They, they, they don't have inflation. They just introduced, a, they just announced a new head of their central bank this week that is probably going to be much more inclined to inflate the Japanese economy than the guy going out. And I think if you add, if you put that together, we are probably in a real good, bad situation with the debt. But Japan's probably just content to keep holding those bonds. It's not going to let us out. So, John, thank you for the phone call. I appreciate it very much. Let me uh, let me get back to what we were talking about with these these propagation mechanisms. In economics, there have been a number of ways in which you think about how a business cycle that gets this shock, boom, COVID happens, boom, oil prices increase because because. Boom, uh, people are upset about wars between the Palestinians and the Israelis. Or, boom, they're upset that we're going to blockade Russia and not buy any more of their oil. All of those are potential potential impulses. The propagation, the thing that carries it through, could come in basically one one of two or three forms, we thought back when I was teaching that business cycles and forecasting class. It either came from exuberance and collapse of investment, overinvestment theories, which were very popular 50, 60, 70 years ago. And you still hear echoes of them today when you talk about housing. Or you would imagine that they happened because people just started to save more and save more and they spent less. At the beginning of the COVID recession, what did we see? We saw people receiving not only the income that they had before because we paid businesses to keep workers on the payroll. And we also sent the the households straight up checks. Please take this money, but don't go outside. That's a classic underconsumption pattern that would lead to the kind of recession we saw in 2020. But it's not in a way that we had ever seen it before. We have never helicopter dropped thousands of dollars on U.S. citizens and then told them, but you shouldn't go to the stores and spend it, and you most certainly shouldn't go to a restaurant for a nice dinner, and you most certainly shouldn't go to the theater to watch a play or, 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 or ballet or symphony. You shouldn't do it, and you certainly, certainly shouldn't go on vacation. Have we ever seen a recession like that before? No. So you've got people out spinning all kinds of theories. So if you follow us on Twitter using the hashtag PoundKBRS, I've tweeted out uh, a Bloomberg story from earlier this week, from Thursday, by uh, Rich Miller. Very, very great writer. And he's just, he's, he, this is not his theory. He's trying to explain something that's being put out there by, by a longtime forecaster who used to work here in Minnesota uh, back, in the old, back in the old days of, uh, like, uh, Norwest Bank and so forth. 
uh, Sungwon San, who now is a professor. Oh, San must be in his 70s by now, uh, but still teaches out at Loyola Marymount out out uh, out uh, on the uh, West Coast in L.A. Um, and he says industries are taking turns going down as opposed to declining more or less all at once. This is why I talk to you about what's happened about business cycle theory. So what did I what did I do in my classroom? I talked about overinvestment. I talked about underconsumption. I talked about that stuff. But what we what I did and eventually moved into my other course, in particularly for graduate macroeconomic students, was to take out the data and say, here's the behavior of businesses as they go through cycles, right? We know what these long-run trends are. We, we, can, we can write those down just by doing sort of some standard statistical analysis of trends. We can do that. But now I want to talk about the deviations around these trends and what do they look like. And rather than saying a theory first and trying to confirm a theory, say, let's look at what the data say. What do those things look like? And this was often referred to as the stylized facts of business cycles and appeared in a textbook uh, uh, that we started using a little after I got up here, probably about 91 or 92, I think was the first edition, by a guy named David Romer. Um, And over time, the stylized facts became the thing that was the gospel to all of us. One of the gospel pieces in the stylized facts has been industries move up and down together. There is co-movement. That co-movement is why there is a business cycle. So what we keep getting in in the analysis is people saying, basically, this time it's going to be different. This time will not be like the other times. To give you an example, let me play this cut. This was David Kelly, a a strategist at J.P. Morgan Chase, talking about how we're just going to Skirt on the edge of recession. Cut number two. So the NBER defines recession in, in much more broad terms. It's all about falling output, oh, no, falling sorry, incomes. Sorry, take uh, cut three, please. Well, I think both the GDP data and the employment data are very distorted right now. Uh, so first of all, on the GB- GDP side, we saw a big run-up in inventories in the fourth quarter. Uh, I still think the trend growth rate of the economy right now is running probably less than 1% in the first half of this year. And the problem is that's going to keep going over, over at least the next two years. We've got uh, you know a very tight labor market, so we don't have any extra workers to throw at the economy. Productivity growth isn't that strong on a trend basis. So the economy is going to grow very slowly anyway and the fourth quarter was something of of an anomaly right so in this world right so notice that uh, Kelly is talking about two different things where that trend growth is we can very easily talk about trend growth it's simply the growth rate of the labor force the growth rate the growth rate of productivity the growth of productivity not the growth rate the growth of productivity and what happens with investment? What happens? What happens to capital? We're in a world where interest rates are low, so we're bringing on less and less productive capital into our into our businesses. We know what's happening with labor force, with labor participation and labor force and so forth, and it's really just down to productivity. But San Juan San saying industries and sectors are going to take turns going up, going to down rather than going up and down all at once. Yes, the housing market went for it, went, did what it normally does. 
That's the normal propagation of a Federal Reserve tightening cycle. But the others haven't turned. And why is that? Well, you know what? I need to take a break. So that was a tease. I'll give you the answer to that right after these messages here on the King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. The Biz 1440, KYCR Golden Valley. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And in the process, started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. If we take you as a client, I guarantee we'll cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit. 800-626-5252. That's 800-626-5252. 800-626-5252. Has your heater or air conditioner busted? Appliance broken? Computer crashed? Then you need an ARW home warranty. Home system and appliance repairs and replacements can cause stress and cost you thousands of dollars per year. With an A-plus BBB rating and a top-rated home warranty company on Consumer Affairs and Trust Pilot, ARW Home provides superior service, featuring the industry's lowest service call fee. ARW Home has warranty plans that cover your kitchen and laundry appliances heating and air conditioning systems, electrical and plumbing systems, and much more. Call 800-942-1451 to customize your plan. Plus, ARW has partnered with Azurian to protect your new and used tablets, laptops, TVs, and other home tech from accidental damage and wear and tear. All plans come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Call 800-942-1451 for your free quote. That's 800-942-1451. 612, the bird. Trust is earned and couldn't be more important when you have a house project. With over 13,000 reviews online and a 4.8 on Google, you can trust Early Bird Electric. Early Bird is the troubleshooting expert, your go-to for small projects like adding an outlet or big remodels and rewiring. And yes, Early Bird offers same-day service and 24-7 emergency service. Mention the Patriot and your trip charge is free with repair purchase. 612, the bird. Call 612, the bird or visit 612thebird.com. The Ramsey Show. I don't have credit card debt. I don't have student loan debt. I don't have car payments. I'm under control and I got a pile of money. You know what would happen? The economy would collapse. No, it wouldn't. The economy would boom. Weekdays from 1 to 4 p.m. live on the Biz 1440. Sightseeing in Ferris, at the Mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to the Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Banging show, the Biz 1440. So, the thing you have to ask is is what happened with this recession. And I try to tell people, here's what I would do. I would describe this as a 
as a sh- as not just one shock but two shocks. The second shock being something so out of proportion to the first that it has to be thought of separately. You could make the case, and I've heard people make the case, that government reaction to COVID should be considered just an effect that would have been, was normal. Maybe, had there been one helicopter drop in April of 2020, I think you've got a stronger case. But there was a second, though somewhat smaller, helicopter drop in December of 2020. There was a third helicopter drop in March of 2021. Okay, and you can you can go back and look at the calendar and figure out who's responsible for the for the helicopters. Well, I'll tell you what, one that was responsible for all three of them was Jay Powell. But we'll we'll we'll, t- we'll deal with him in the next in the next hour. But we can, you'll note, if I mentioned the 1919 recession, that 1919 shock, the impulse, the propagation mechanism for that was much slower. If you go back and read the history of the economy in 1919, that recession really doesn't come until after the wave of Spanish flu comes toward an end. It actually is... It actually is in the process. Of, it actually is waning because it mutates into a weaker variant, just as it appears COVID is doing. Um, you know, not that it can't be lethal. It has been lethal even in twenty three. It's been lethal to some people, but much, much, much smaller than the numbers we saw in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty one. Um, we can, you know, you can have, you can have that be one case but by 21 we got i think in all out of all proportion to the risk of lower demand that came from covid another helicopter drop of significant size and you got the infrastructure bill which has money being spent all the way out into the mid 20 into the middle of the decade and the inflation reduction act which includes particular items. You have a supply shock from COVID, couple right, a supply impulse, coupled with a demand impulse that at least comes from the last. If you don't want to, if you don't want to give me that it was a wholly separate impulse in 2020, all right, that's fine. It does. It just makes the size of the impulse smaller because now you're only wanting to count the 21 but there's still two impulses and if you think about about how you would if you go back to my story of the rocking chair or the swing or those those stupid balls that i still can't remember the name of even that you would that you used to see in the 70s and 80s on you know on bookshelves all over the world or on desks for for neat free CEOs. Look at my desk; it's so clean. I can have this toy. Um, you would you would see you would see these things. You know, imagine you dropped you you push the swing in one direction, and someone comes from the side and pushes it in another direction. We used to do that, right? We used to do that to sort of make our swing go all crazy. 
or spin it around, right? Turn it, turn it sideways and so forth. It is super hard to analyze a two-impulse business cycle, two separate impulses that only partially were meant to offset each other. And part of it was meant as instead some kind of, sounds uncharitable, but I'm going to use the phrase, some kind of social engineering program to steer investment to certain places like, like green energy, environmental concerns, and so forth, um, to steer money directly to households and not really care about whether or not there's, there's fraud and, and, and grifting going on. We, we, have not see, we have not seen that in a while. You know what? I, I don't have a whole lot of time left. This is going to carry a little bit over into the second hour because what I need still to talk through with you is how could we pick that apart and what does that tell us about what's going to happen in 23? Because I don't think this is just the impact of a debt overhang. I don't think this is just the impact of, the, of additional government spending and still too loose monetary policy. I think we're still living with the impulse of the COVID recession. And it's causing us to say things like, like that, that uh, you know, are like, well, this time it's different. It is in one way, but in another way, it's really not. Stay tuned. We'll tell you more about that after these messages. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. TV news. It's a love-hate relationship. Well, let's be honest. More hate. We agree. That's why we're different. Salem News Channel has assembled the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. Home to Charlie Kirk, Hugh Hewitt, Eric Metaxas, and more. There's finally a place on TV for lovers of freedom like you. Watch anytime, on any screen, free, 24-7. Find what you're looking for at snc.tv. That's snc.tv. Are you the parent of a 2- to 7-year-old? Listen closely for an exciting free radio offer. By now, you've probably heard of ABC Mouse, the Parents' Choice Award-winning online learning program that's actually changing the lives of early learners everywhere. ABC Mouse is like a little one-on-one teacher. It has helped her so much. Right now, we're offering a special radio promo to try it free for a month. But you have to go to abcmouse.com slash radio to claim your free month. That's abcmouse.com slash radio. Sponsored by Age of Learning. We noticed we had a leak in our roof. Hey, I'm Brenda from Stillwater, Minnesota. We noticed some water staining in our ceiling by our chimney. This is our first time working with JTR Roofing. A close friend had recommended them and had a great experience. They ended up replacing our roof and performed the work on our chimney. I would recommend JTR Roofing because they were reliable, friendly. There were no hidden costs in their quotes. And the craftsmanship was outstanding. Not only did they do an outstanding job on our home, but also they support the community. They've had a good reputation in the 30 years that they've been in business. And just overall, it was just a wonderful experience working with the company. I was absolutely satisfied with the work. Absolutely. We're thinking about having our windows replaced and we will be calling JTR. Go to JTRRoofingInc.com. That's JTRRoofingInc.com.
Over 50,000 police officers are assaulted on the job each year, leading to injuries and death. This is the reality they deal with when making contact with the public. Another reality is that if someone doesn't comply with a lawful order or uses force against them, police may have to use sufficient force in response to obtain compliance. Use of force is always ugly. Nobody likes it, especially police, and nobody knows how it will turn out. Spread the word. For de-escalation to work, both parties must de-escalate. And de-escalation isn't necessary if there is no escalation. Help police by not escalating. Don't attack or try to disarm an officer. Whether it's getting asked a question, getting a citation, or getting arrested, don't argue, don't resist, don't flee. After the encounter has been resolved is the time to address any complaints. Comply now, complain later. Keep everybody safe. This message brought to you by the National Police Association. To learn more about how to help law enforcement accomplish its goals, visit National Police. Your exclusive... Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.